Philadelphia is suing Wells Fargo, alleging an unbroken policy and practice since 2004 of steering minority borrowers into discriminatory mortgage loans. The federal lawsuit under the Fair Housing Act of 1968 accuses Wells Fargo of deliberately pitching expensive, high-risk loans to black and Latino borrowers, even though their credit enabled them to apply for better loans. The city's been investigating the case for more than a year, but the deputy solicitor general but the deputy city solicitor says Philadelphia waited until after the Supreme Court ruled on May 1st that cities can sue banks for predatory lending practices. A Wells Fargo spokesman told Bloomberg BNA that the city's unsubstantiated accusations do not reflect how we operate in Philadelphia and all of the communities we serve. Our guest is Richard Marsico. He's a professor at New York Law School. Richard, the lawsuit gives examples of more than a dozen loans and cites six confidential informants who used to work for the bank. Will you explain the basic claims of the city, including the unequal rates of foreclosure? Well, the city is uh, alleging under the Fair Housing Act, um, acts of uh, steering borrowers uh, towards loans that had higher interest rates or less favorable terms resulting in higher foreclosures and it is further alleging that those higher foreclosures interfered with the city's ability to promote integrated neighborhoods and ultimately cost the city money uh, by having to uh, devote more municipal services to the areas where the foreclosures were taking place. Do those allegations, which of course are just allegations, make logical sense to you? I mean, w would there be, if Wells Fargo did the things that, that the bank is accused of doing, does it make sense that Philadelphia, the city, would suffer those types of consequences? That's, a, that's really the key question here. And the Supreme Court, in, in the case that you referenced, uh, it, regarding the city of Miami, addressed that question directly, and the answer to it is one of the more complicated legal issues that there are. It has to do with proof that a plaintiff has to offer regarding uh, harm that they're alleging a defendant caused, and the plaintiff has to prove both actual cause, that it, it, there is a logical chain, as you say, between the act of the defendant and the harm the plaintiff suffered, and then a doctrine called proximate cause, which says, well, we might be able to establish this logical chain, but at some point we're not going to hold the uh, <clears throat> defendant responsible because the damage was so remote from the act. And that will actually be the question that uh, the court will have to deal with here. The Supreme Court left that one open. So we'll see what happens here. Richard, a Wells Fargo spokesman told Bloomberg BNA that these types of cases have been pending in other states and have been rejected by all courts who've addressed the merits of the claim. Do you agree with that statement? And if so, will that change after the Supreme Court decision? Or might that change after the Supreme Court decision? These, these cases are hard to prove. There were, there were some cases years ago involving... Uh, firearms alleging very similar things, and the courts pretty much uh, would not accept those on the grounds that 
the plaintiff just couldn't show that causal link or couldn't prove that proximate cause claim. So uh, it will, the, the, the Supreme Court in the, in the Miami case definitely set a high bar for uh, plaintiffs to have to prove. Yeah, Richard, I wanted to ask you about just how high, high that bar is. Uh, Justice Thomas writing a separate opinion. This was not the court's majority opinion, but he mm-hmm. described the majority opinion as saying it, quote, leaves little doubt that neither Miami nor any similarly situated plaintiff can satisfy the rigorous standard for proximate cause that the court adopts. Uh, is Justice Thomas right or did he uh, overstate how, how high that bar is? Well, the uh, exact language that the uh, Supreme Court used, it, it, well, it's actually backing up a little bit, it, it rejected the standard that the, uh, the, the appellate court had used and rejected the idea that the harm has to be reasonably foreseeable. Uh, instead, it adopted uh, a direct relationship test. In other words, there has to be a direct relationship between the act and the harm alleged. Justice Thomas pointed out, he kind of, in his dissenting opinion, he uh, went through the chain that the plaintiff would have to prove, and it's quite an extensive chain. In other words, uh, the uh, plaintiff has to prove that borrowers, as he put it, I'll quote him, borrowers from predominantly minority neighborhoods were likely to default. The foreclosures led to vacant homes. The vacant homes led to decreased property values. Increased property values resulted in homeowners paying lower property taxes. Um, and uh, the, that event, the, the foreclosed homes led to vagrancy, criminal activity, threats to the public health and safety, which the city had to address through expenditures. Um, that's quite a chain of proof. And um, he also indicated there might be other causes to the um, the situation that uh, led to the foreclosure. So, yeah, I mean, he's saying there's a high bar, and I think there is a high bar, yeah. Richard, Philadelphia also said its claims in the context of the scandal about Wells Fargo's opening of millions of unauthorized consumer checking accounts, uh, the city's complaint cited a total breakdown of appropriate internal controls that could have prevented not only the discriminatory lending, but the improper account creation practices. Does that help paint a picture of the bank? I don't know that that's proof in a court of law. I mean, they're, they're saying that in the, in the statement I saw, but I don't know that that will help them uh, prevail here. It's, it's really a different, different question. <laughs> and and uh, just in about 30 seconds, the Supreme Court sent the case the, to the Federal Appeals Court in Atlanta, the Miami case. Will that have any bearing, what happens there, will that have any bearing on the case in Philadelphia? Yes, and in fact, that the, the Miami case is a long way from being decided because they're really only, they're not getting to the merits yet. The, the appellate court has to decide what the level of proximate cause is that will likely go back to the Supreme Court and only then will there be a chance for it to go back to the merits. So, yes, I, I think the Miami case is a long way from being decided, and that will certainly have bearing in the Philadelphia case.
Thank you for being with us on Bloomberg Law. That's Professor Richard Marsicco of New York Law School. That's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 p.m. Wall Street time. Thanks to our technical director, Reginald Bazil, and our producer, David Sucherman. Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson is coming up next. Carol is in the studio to tell us what we have to look forward to. Carol. We have a packed few hours coming up uh, right here on Bloomberg Radio. An anniversary for Facebook. We're going to talk about investment. Investing in Israel's tech entrepreneurship, Alibaba, some disappointing earnings from that company. And Walmart June saying thank you online. We'll have all the details on that. I'm going to listen to the online segment especially. Thank you. That's Carol Masser and Corey Johnson coming up. This is Bloomberg.